0: Hi everybody, Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Locked On Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your
1: daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. It's so great to have you here with us On today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, today is Wednesday, June 14th, 2023. We've got a lot to discuss going on in the life of Duke Athletics. If you aren't aware of what we are, Lockdown Blue Devils is your one-stop shop for everything going on in the life of Duke Athletics. We are in the summertime schedule, meaning we're out three times a week but come August, we're back to pumping out five episodes each and every week. So catch us three times a week for the next little bit as we'll discuss men's basketball, football, and all the other happenings across the Duke Athletics Department. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our show on YouTube to watch the show daily each and every day. Also, make sure you check out our podcast. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. And I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Without further ado, very excited to bring on my good pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. And Josh, it is so great to have you here with us on the show today. Hope that you're doing well, my friend.
0: Uh, Yes, sir. Good to be back and good to be talking some football for
1: sure. It's a good time to be talking about football this time of year. We love when, uh, when that works out for us. So, of, of course, we talk a lot about basketball, but plenty of reason to be excited about this Duke football team going into the 2023 season simply based on the success that they had there in the year 2020-2022 uh, under head coach Mike Elko.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, if you're following Duke football at all in the offseason, these past uh, few days have been just a barrage of recruitment – bell ringing and Royal blue 24 hashtags and Elko's all over Twitter. And uh, yeah, so not only the success from the previous season, but also, um, you know, what that's meant already to recruiting and just the excitement heading into into this fall. You're exactly right.
1: So let's talk about the Stoop team, because there are questions that you might have about the offense going into the new season, and we'll kind of lay those out. So three questions going into the new year for Mike Elko and his team on the offensive side of the ball, and we're going to start at the quarterback spot with Riley Leonard. And a lot of people are asking Josh and just wondering, can he repeat the success that he had uh, a year ago in 2022? What gives you confidence that Riley Leonard would be able to repeat that success?
0: Uh, well, I mean, number one, if you think about where Riley Leonard started last season, he started last season in a QB battle with Jordan Moore uh, throughout all of spring camp, uh, fall camp. It wasn't until about 10 days before the kickoff uh, that Riley was even you know, named the starter. And so it took him a little while to get his feet underneath him. Uh, his basically number two wide receiver was Jordan Moore. Once again, it took them some time. Uh, to get timing and all those types of things. And so what you have is you have a year under your belt for Riley Leonard as the leader of this offense. You have a year of confidence um, uh, uh, that he has in himself. You have a year of confidence that Kevin Johns has with him and that that friendship and that development that they have between each other uh, has had another year uh, to mature. And then, honestly, you look at the difference. I mean, Riley is uh, probably, what, 20 years old right now. And just you're, he's growing from being a teenager into a grown man. And so I think he's going to naturally be stronger. Um, and you add the confidence level from everything that he did last year. I don't see why he's he's not going to have similar or better uh, numbers this year than he even had last year.
1: Yeah, I think why the success repeats to, to what you said, uh, consistency, all across the board from the coaching staff to Mm -hmm. the receivers that he's throwing the football to. Uh, And with the consistency, I would think confidence um, steps into place experience is your best teacher. And so not only do we think Riley Leonard can repeat the success that he had in 2022, the bar might go up just a little bit as well. Like the success could be a little bit greater for what we're going to see out of Leonard in the new season.
0: And, and I think another reason, and I hinted to it, but another reason why why we will see him repeat his success uh, is the timing and the the work that he's able to put in with his wide receivers this off season. You know last off season, you weren't even sure who the leader was, and Riley was unsure of himself, probably. Uh, this year, it's like his confidence levels there, their confidence levels there. they've been able to work and are working probably even now, you know this this time of year on their own, on those timing routes, on those, you know, head nods of like, okay, we're going to adjust when we see this certain coverage, we're going to adjust here and there. And so I, I think you, you see that couple with guys like Jalen Calhoun coming back for an extra season, Eli Panko coming back for an extra season. I mean, I think that all points to Riley Leonard repeating or even exceeding what he did last year
1: plenty of reasons why he will be able to repeat that success and super excited for what he's going to be able to do in the new season Josh we're less than 100 days away from the start of the new season so uh, it'll be here right before we know it and we'll be watching Riley Leonard out there QB1 once again this year
0: yeah the uh, uh, coming up here in July they have the the media ACC media days which our guys will be able to be down uh, there at and then of course uh, the the fall practice starts and then that first game, I mean, is, is huge for Duke fans. I mean, at the end of the day, you don't get there's there's not many times you get to kick your season off playing against Clemson at home um, on Labor Day. You're the only game in that time slot in the country. I mean, that's that's major. That's just yeah. a major way to kick things off. And you're right, we're we're counting down under a hundred now uh, to to kick off. And so, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. But a lot of this hinges. On Riley Leonard. I mean, let, let's face it. At the end of the day, uh, while Henry Bealyn is developing uh, uh, underneath him as at that you know at that backup role, Grayson Loft is a true freshman. Uh, while we do have a little bit of depth in that room, this is this really does fall on the shoulders and the leadership of Riley Leonard. And so, uh, it's it's going to be a good season. I, I feel like for for him and for Duke.
1: Can't wait to see how the season unfolds, that's for sure. And we'll be talking about it each and every week with you throughout the football season. We've got more questions, though, about the Stuke football offense going into the new season, and we're going to discuss those after our first time out here on today's program. Lockdown Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our very good friends over at Bird Dogs. This has become my new favorite product that I absolutely love discussing with you guys each and every week when we give them shout-outs, praises, and love. Why? Well, because Bird Dogs makes you look good. It's the best pair of shorts and pants that I've got. Their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dogs shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton, They fix this issue by reinventing the cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. What you could do right now is go to birddogs.com slash locked on college and enter promo code locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler. You don't want to take your bird dogs off.
0: Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
1: We'll move forward here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. JJ Jackson alongside my pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 Podcast. Got some new formats if you're watching us here on YouTube yeah. here today, so... Uh, Kind of playing around with those, but always fun to reinvent the branding uh, that we've got here with the program. And thanks and a shout out to all of our everydayers who are listening to us all the time. So, Josh, let's jump back in with those questions that we've kind of been hinting at and discussing with the offense. And the next question we've got is, how will the offensive line hold up? Going into the new year, because there is a couple of new faces that are going to need to step
0: up. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, this is the probably the the main position on this team uh, that's gone through the most turnover. Uh, obviously, guys like uh, Andre Harris and Chance Lytle, who came in as as graduate transfers, you know, have moved on, and, and among others that have moved on as well. But if you really look at it, I mean, this team, this this this. Uh, This group is really led by Graham Barton, who is, you know, we're seeing him. McShay's got him uh, early second round. You've seen him in mock drafts in the late first round. Uh, He's getting first team, second team, you know, all ACC, all America looks and things uh, of that nature preseason. And so, uh, you know, Graham kind of anchors this, but obviously Jacob Monk as a team captain um, plays a significant role there. So those two guys are really going to be your leaders. Um, Justin Pickett um, as a third guy who who by, I believe, week eight last year was a starter. Um, and so he's massive. I mean, Justin's just a big dude. Um, so he'll be your third guy to look at. And then uh, the transfer from Stanford, uh, Hornibrook, uh is going to – I would assume didn't transfer here from Stanford to not start. And so I'm assuming he's going to be – Uh, he's going to be the the fourth guy. But I'll be honest with you, that fifth spot, if you look at the roster, uh, Brian Parker is a possibility there as a redshirt freshman. Uh, There's some other guys. But, you know, really, uh, Duke expected to get a couple more guys or keep a couple more guys who had transferred in, and those guys ended up transferring out. So I'll be honest with you, because of the ever-changing landscape of college football, I have no idea – if any offensive linemen are still out there and remaining and can get in, I have before fall, I have no clue, but I do know that that would be something that Duke would be open to. I think there's only nine offensive linemen listed on the roster right now. And so like you would want that number to grow, you know, by probably two uh, if you possibly could. So yeah, yeah there are some questions.
1: Uh, A couple of those spots being occupied by true freshmen, right, and not necessarily a position where you want to just – to your point, what the transfer portal could offer. I don't know at a position like O-line that you want to put a true freshman kind of into that spot to step up because it's pretty difficult to jump into the ACC and the level of defensive fronts that Duke's going to see this season and uh, have high expectations for those young guys.
0: And and I do want to mention this because I'm sure if someone's watching or listening – and you follow the team closely, you're going to say, well, what about Maurice McIntyre? And Maurice McIntyre, you know, was out, out for the season uh, last year. He got hurt. Uh, I think it was his knee or some, obviously lower lower body. Um, and there is no guarantee. I can, That's all I can say. There's no guarantee that McIntyre's back and ready to go for the season. Um, and if he is back and ready to go, that would be a positive. I would say – At this point, if he is back and ready to play at the beginning of the season, that that would be a pleasant surprise. And so, you know, obviously in a perfect world, he would be fully recovered and that would be our our fifth guy and it wouldn't even be a question. Um, But McIntyre, who was an incredibly gifted and talented uh, offensive lineman for us last year until he got hurt, is still, you know, battling back. And so, you know, we'll see what happens with him.
1: As we talk about this offensive line for Duke going into next season, the quarterback success and O-line kind of go hand in hand, right? Mm-hmm. If your quarterback's not playing well, you want to point to the offensive line possibly for not giving him a whole lot of time. Well, that question, as we mentioned, is answered for Duke. You feel comfortable with Riley Leonard back there. Um, a little bit different though, as we've said, given that the O-line uh, is not going to be exactly the same, but their job to make sure – uh, Riley Leonard has enough time to operate, I think will be a little bit easier given that we've got a more experienced answer at quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think you're fortunate that this isn't Riley Leonard's first season going into that starting job, right? Josh, I mean, if this was um, year one of him being the full-time starter and you didn't have as much confidence in the offensive line as you might have right now for the Duke team, I don't think we'd be as optimistic, for what Leonard could do. But given that he's had a full season under his belt, I think that alleviates some of that because he's going to be able to work with these guys a little bit.
0: He will and his decision-making, you know, obviously sped up uh, as the season progressed last year. And really that's what it's all about at the end of the day, JJ, the offensive line is there to keep people away from the quarterback until the quarterback can get the ball out of his hands. Right. And so uh, the quicker he can do that, the quicker Riley processes, his check downs and his his next available receivers, you know, the easier the job is for the offensive linemen. So you're exactly right. If you have a a quarterback who's never played uh, significant snaps and you know really trying to learn, he's going to process things slower. He's going to hold on to the ball longer. Once again, making his the job of the offensive line more difficult. But I do think with Riley this year, and and obviously Kevin Johnson's offenses typically are like a one two check gone like. It's a pretty quick – you know, they don't – he doesn't hold the ball uh, that long. Usually after two checks, he's throwing it, either throwing it away or running. Um, And so, you know, I think that's a good thing compared to the Cutcliffe offenses that seem to have, you know, four checks, uh, you know, each one. And and you'd see a guy like Daniel Jones, you know, behind a shaky line and really struggle uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, I think Riley is set up better than that. Uh, Not that he's better than Daniel Jones, I'm not saying, even though I think he probably is, uh, but he is just set up better because of the way Kevin Johns has his offense run. So a little bit quicker uh, getting the ball out of there.
1: Locked on Blue Devils here today on this Wednesday, June 14th, 2023. I'm J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast what in the world is the Section Seventeen podcast? If people aren't familiar with you guys, Josh. Yes,
0: yeah, so we are a football forward Duke football fo- uh, Duke football forward podcast. Uh, we bring you coverage of Duke football from. Uh, we try to keep it from the fans' perspective. We are credentialed media, uh, but we we know our roots. We were fans, and uh, and and for some reason, our podcast decided to take off, and and so we bring you behind the scenes coverage of the of the program. We're able to be at practices. We're able to, to meet with Coach uh, Coach Elko and the other coaching staff and some of the players and get interviews and things like that throughout the year. Um, and so we try to bring you a unique look at the Duke football program. And so uh, you can see catch us anywhere. You uh, get your podcast, Section 17. Um, and dukefootballtalk.com is our website. We're about to drop a new T-shirt. Uh, oh, here boy. The, uh, yeah. About to drop a new shirt here in a little bit. And uh, so we're, we're looking forward to that. We'll be getting some new merch items uh, coming up for the for the new season as well. So
1: Can't wait for that. Can't yep. wait for that. I'm excited to see what the new design looks like. That's exciting. So uh, go check out the Section 17 podcast again wherever you get your podcasts. So we've got three questions today about the Duke offense going into the 2023 season. Our final question to tackle here today, who steps up at the running back spot? Josh, now two years removed. From Mateo Durant. Mm-hmm. It was by committee last year. Is that sort of the similar place that we're at going into this new season, or is there one single guy that you believe could step up at that position?
0: I mean, JJ, not only is it gonna be by committee again this year, but I believe the committee has expanded. Okay. I believe it's actually expanded. So you've added to it. If you if you um followed spring ball at all, uh Terry Moore, who was probably the number four back uh, last year, but got some pretty good uh, run in, they have moved him to the other side of the ball to safety, which when Terry was being recruited, he was a safety slash running back. And so uh, that's always been a possibility. And, and so uh, they did move him. Coach Hemphill has him now as a safety over on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, so you're really starting minus Terry Moore from last year. So who does that leave you with? That leaves you with Jordan Waters, who ironically, back in the day, was a safety and came over to be a running back uh, in his in his first season. Um, but Jordan Waters, um, who will be – I believe he'll be a graduate student. It's it's definitely his fi- – I'm sure it's – probably sure it's his final season. And Duke, has been here a long time. Uh, Jordan Waters, Jalen Coleman, uh, J. Cole, uh, really – uh, uh, established himself last season um, as a solid guy in the backfield, yeah. battled through some injuries. The question is uh, that I'm looking at here says, who steps up at running back? And so my guy to step up at running back is Jacques Moore. Uh, Jacques Moore, um, I believe, is the best all-around back that we have in the backfield. He runs really strong with the football. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, not that his, not that he's going to have way better numbers than any of these other guys, uh, per se, but he, I believe he's going to be the one who steps up. We're going to see a significant jump from him. And then the final two guys that I believe make up a five headed monster crazy in the backfield red shirt, freshman Travis Bates, uh, who, uh, was in and out of spring ball a little bit with some. Uh, with some minor injuries. Uh, but then the guy that everybody was raving about in spring ball, Peyton Jones, true freshman. Uh, man, he looked really good in the spring game. He looked really good in practices leading up to the spring game. And so those are five guys that, I, in my opinion, Trooper Taylor as the running backs coach, Kevin Johns is the OC, any one of those five guys in that backfield, I think, Duke is okay with that, and so that's pretty crazy to think that not only did we move a running back to safety, but we but we actually added two new guys to make a five man room. That I don't know, it's it's a strong suit. Now, once again, similar to quarterback JJ, as you mentioned earlier, back to the second question, a lot of this is determined upon how well the offensive line blocks, no doubt. And so, you know, running back can be – there's only one Barry Sanders who could run behind terrible offensive lines his whole career, you know. Um, and so, this is going to be uh, a lot on the shoulders of the offensive line, but we've got the horses in the backfield this year, absolutely. And I think the one that steps up is Jacquez.
1: Yeah, I think Jacquez is a good pick uh, to step up, given what we've heard and, and what we've been able to see so far. And really excited for him to be kind of the featured back there for Duke. But knowing that you've got other experienced guys – to sort of compliment Mm -hmm. him, which is why also I I think Jordan Waters is such a good pick to go with here. We saw him score a touchdown uh, in the spring game. We also, of course, as we remember, um, the production he had last season. You can go back to even Mateo Durant's year. I'm thinking of a long touchdown he had in the Charlotte game, very Mm -hmm. first game of the year, uh, kind of what he was able to do in that spot. So um, kind of the new, young, fresh legs that are going to be coming out of the backfield, but then also the heady veteran and and Jordan Waters – while we not, might not know today who steps up at that running back spot, I think we do feel good about the options that are there to do so.
0: Yeah, and, and at the end of the day, you know, sure, because we're running back by committee, you know, you're not going to see any of these guys in the preseason All ACC. You know, you're not going to see any of them, and honestly, at the end of the season, you may not see them on an All ACC team. Mateo but if you, Durant's record is also probably safe with this being the position. It's that safe, we're absolutely, but if you were to add up their their productivity, right, if you were to add up this room at the end of the season, I think what you're going to see is a very, very potent running game that Duke's going to be able to put on the field this year. And, you know, with with these, uh, with these the schedule that Duke has, uh, you know, Duke is going to have to be able to to control the, the time of possession a lot this season. There's going to probably be some games where Duke wants to slow the game down, wants to, wants to possess the ball quite a bit longer than the opponent. And running the football is the way to do it. And so it's going to be very important for Duke and look for the running back room to really excel this season.
1: Josh, it's great to see you as always, my friend. We'll do this again next week when we focus a little bit more on that Duke defense going into the Mm -hmm. new season. Sound good?
0: Sounds good, man. We'll see you next week.
1: All right, that's my pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast joining us here on today's episode of Locked On. Blue Devils, thank you so much for your support here of the program. Make sure you go check out Locked On College Basketball and Locked On Sports today. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.